Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey folks, this is Eddie Trunk from That Metal Show and Sirius XM Radio and lifelong KISS fan. You are listening to the Shout It Out Loud cast with Tom and Zeus. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because the album review crew is back with episode number 39. We are calling this one, Hey, Sweet Sister Mary, there's a revolution calling for you. I forgot where it was. Oh, I remember now. The revolution's in my pants. X marks the spot. Come speak to me. I'll show you. Tommy, Zeus, how are you? Your one-man death machine is reporting for duty. <laughs> God. As soon as I saw revolution, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a revolution in my I re- pain. I, re- I remember. I remember everything. <laughs> okay. Okay, Nikki. <laughs> Here we go. Dude. So this is our Patreon pick. Woo-hoo! That's out of the bag. Dude, the, the the amount of hair pulling I've been doing silently because the Patreon people in our community are so ecstatic about us doing this album. There, we found I, a new group, Tom, and they're called the Mind Tards because I, I, I they, they are fucking over the top with this shit. I love it. Patreon people, you have done God's work because you did moving pictures for me oh. and you have done Operation Mindcrime for me because this has been on my list, too. So, you- Christ, now that I think about it, this is bullshit. Yeah. The Patreon pick with the instant horrible selections. Hey, they did night songs. I thought that sucked. <laughs> that was the only one that they picked that was good. Was it? Wait, did we have one more? No. Yeah, we did. We, we did. Had we three had, so um, far? Uh, what was the other one? Didn't, isn't this this is the fourth pick? Well, I thought Night Songs was the first one. No, no, 
This is all. I thought Night Songs was the first one. It's called Slave to the Grind. Oh, God. Okay, so now we're even. So don't (laughs) bitch about (laughs) those are two albums I would have picked. If these are two albums you would have picked. Yeah, exactly. When is somebody going to get to what I want? (laughs) You like Slave to the Grind and Night Songs. (laughs) 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 I'm telling you, people don't understand the process it takes to get a patron pick everybody's got to get their submissions then we have to review them then we have to do a poll then people have to vote and it's 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 oh yeah how did that mind crime poll go that fucking it blew whatever the top four picks were it blew it it away it was big it was big yeah it got like the biggest i think it got like i think it got 45 percent of the votes out of the out of the which is like i think probably the most for any patreon pick yeah yeah well here we are but before we get to this, let's go over last uh, month's pick. It was Come and Get It by Whitesnake. Uh, I'm assuming we did a poll. We did, yep. And as always, we picked four songs from the album for the poll. And the four songs were Don't Break My Heart, Till the Day I Die, Wine, Women, and Song, and Would I Lie to You. 40% Don't Break My Heart. Till the Day I Die at 34, Wine, Women, and Song at 23. Ugh, fucking dumb song. Do you remember the... Do you remember our bet, Sonny? Yeah, like five people took the survey. It doesn't count when you get two no, votes. It was like forty percent. There was like ten votes. No, we, we it was more than two, and it was more than ten. Barely. All right, uh, but Sonny had said that "Don't Break My Heart" would win, but "Till the Day I Die" would come in last. No, so till the day consolation prize for us. Till the day I die, almost won. But then again, when you have four votes, it's kind of hard to. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Couple comments here, our buddy Tony from Restrain, and we didn't forget he did the intro music oh, to our episode. God. He's the album review crew Dude, intro guy. Who is that guy without the facial hair? Who is that? Yeah, Tony, get that back. <laughs> Throw away your razors. We love you, buddy. So Tony says, Till the Day I Die is the only interesting song on this record. The rest of the songs are mediocre at best. Overall, this album is meh. Not an album I would ever seek out okay. to listen to again. Do, should I attack him? Because no. I think he's going to think, like, because this is what he does every single time. The you meh is attacking interesting. But see, you but calls you, music interesting? You you guys do because you tried to tell me that what was it moving pictures? What, what am I supposed to do with this? This isn't interesting. I didn't say it was interesting. I didn't say musically, not interesting in like, hmm, let me write a thesis on this. What do you mean interesting? I don't operation get that. Operation Mind Crime is interesting. I ah. that's a good way of describing it. This would be interesting. No, I don't not. know if it's good. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, it's neither. <laughs> or nor listenable. But I'm just saying, like, who goes and buys music because it's interesting? Well, I will say, I, I do get Tony's point that the White Snake songs are very, very, very stripped down, and there's not, they're not bad, but they're, but they're just very, it's just very blues, basic. White blues music from the yeah. 70s. I love that shit. Okay. Well, that's great. That's why you picked it. Exactly. Great. But it doesn't make it non interesting because it's a genre of music. Yeah, that's all right. Let's not spend okay. more time. Talking. Okay, Tony. Fucking Tony. restrained to your fourth album. Uh, let's see here. Lee Graham, our buddy, love this album. Early White Snake is timeless, bluesy, classic rock. And responding to Tom's comment, I am an Adam and the Ants fan. I love Kings of the Wild Frontier. Yes, because we talked about how Kings of the Wild Frontier, I believe, was number one on the charts. 
uh, White Snake was trying to knock it out. I believe that's how that got up. Uh, yeah, Adam and the Ants. Who doesn't love them? Dizzy Dean's picket fence teeth chimes in and says, "Quote: I'm Ian Pace, motherfucker." <laughs> wow, uh, buddy Nige. Fun episode. I'm not a huge fan of the boogie bass White Snake, but this album does have some real gems. But David Coverdale's "Just to Get Into Your Pants" line is the single cringiest moment in the history of recorded music. Wow, <laughs> that's a statement. You might be you not you might not be that off there, Nige. We love you, buddy. To get in your um, pants. Have you listened to Steel Panther? Just wondering. Yeah, but Steel Panther knows that they're ridiculous. They're trying to be ridiculous. Uh, what else we got here? Let's see. We will go to MD says, not sure who did it first, but the two guitarist band I know who would credit who did solos is Judas Priest with KK Downing and Glenn Tipton. Always love that. Speaking of love, pay attention, Sonny Pooney. I fucking love Adam and the Ants. King of the Wild Frontier is a great album. Yeah, Tom. Woo! All right. It that's, whoop. Tw- that's Twitter. Yeah, yeah. British New Wave Adam and the Ants. Yeah. All right. Let's go over to the book of face. Jason Warden. Awesome. Love seeing these in my Apple podcast library in the morning. One of my all time favorite bands in the first real concert on slip of the tongue tour. Uh, Looking forward to learning more about the album. Not too familiar with it. Matt Wallace says he found this old copy of his album and it's a promo with the piss tunnel blurred out. Jesus. Is tunnel. Oh my God. He comes up with new ways of uh, describing the body parts. Oh no. Uh-oh. Bill Sharp message to Tom on regards to Adam and the ants. We had more feedback on this stupid fucking band. Yeah. My best friend was into them and introduced their music to me. I was only familiar with the album friend or foe, which I had a copy of. Some of those songs are on some of my Spotify playlists. Friend or Foe is an Adam Ant solo album after he left the band Adam and the Ants. So th- I think Good we've Lord. talked enough about Adam and the Ants today. <laughs> that you know that is beyond yes. sad. Yes. I don't want to ever hear shit about bad English after you spouted fucking trivia about Adam and the fucking Ants. Those are factoids. Get your get your Adam Ant solo career shit Good straight. Lord. Hey, Johan Alnelius says it's the best snake album. Sean Phillips, absolutely brilliant record. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, no. What is happening? I this <laughs> Bernie Marston, Wikipedia. Oh. Looks like Wendy the retard from Howard Stern. Come on. The problem is it does. Oh, Bernie Marsden. Someday we're going to be calling him to see if he wants to. I was just going to say, hey, Bernie, you haven't listened to any of our episodes, have you? I hope not. You want to come on? Holy shit. You know Wendy from the Howard Stern show? <laughs> got to see the side-by-side side that guy put up. Oh, my it's, God. It's terrifying. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. All right. Uh, Paul Hader says, after listening to the episode, something became clear to me. 
David Coverdale is the Tom Jones of Hard Rock. Oh, okay. I like that. That's kind of good. Joey Romanik, America's favorite realtor. He's married to America's favorite realtor. Um, I haven't listened to the whole episode yet, but I'm 100% sure that Sonny says, this is my bass <laughs> at least five times. <laughs> and he'll place the album at least 10 spots above moving pictures, which is absurd. I like I, I like this. People predicting what Sonny's going to do during the episodes. It's a good uh, idea. Stop taking bets. We'll do like a DraftKings thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Adam Tyler Landry. Sonny, 100% right. David Coverdale is the horniest British singer ever. 100%. <laughs> Wrong that there are no Adam Ant fans. Yeah. Right. I was named after him and I've seen him twice. Oh, other than that, great episode. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. And then Matt Wallace had to chime in with nothing like slipping your cock past venomous fangs to smash that pussy mouth. Oh, my God. Great cover. Oh, welcome, new listeners. Oh, shit, Jesus hey. Christ, what is the matter with uh, us? On our Instagram page, Heavy Mayo asks, what's up with the snake tongue? Oh, Heavy Mayo. Oh. Uh, over on our YouTube page, Devin Dungan, great episode, classic album. Love the classic British era White Snake, some of their best material. Scott Whelan, I am an Adam and the Ants fan. <laughs> Patrick, Adam and the Ants fucking rule. Oh Tom, you should review the album solo. Hey, I got the uh, the ne- next the March March ARC is my pick. Maybe all this and feedback. He adds, I can listen to you talk shop all day, Tom. Me? Oh, well, get ready. Something wrong with him. We're going to do Kings of the Wild Frontier for March (laughs) ARC. I'm going to announce it now. Uh, And that's what I got, guys. Sonny, we got some emails. Yeah, we got one email from uh, Jason W. Another great review of White Snake. White Snake will always have a special place for me as it was my first concert with bad English. Oh, yeah, no. Opening 1990s slip of the tongue tour. I uh, got to go backstage and meet Tawny and David. Both nice folks. No divas. Thank you, Zeus, for choosing this one. Has inspired me to go back in Davis history, starting with Purple and the White Snake albums before 87 and rediscovered this great band. I truly don't get Sonny's meh comments on some of these tunes. You weren't listening close enough. That's why. <laughs> Definitely Team Zeus on this one, but the different points of view, no matter how outrageous they may be, is what helps make Shout It Out Loudcast so goddamn enjoyable. Indifference of opinion. Wait till we're done with this piece of shit that we're reviewing oh, today. God. <laughs> here we go. Wait, so let me back up here. Bad English toured with White Snake? Yeah, they opened for him. What the f- 1990. That's terrible. Great show. Great that show. Is, I saw that is not that is, that is that is not a great show. It was a no, great show. It's not it's not a great show. No. Adam Adam and the ants should have opened up. Oh my god. That's Adam. I'm gonna let me let me correct you. That is Adam Ant solo material you're singing right there. That is not Adam. Is it strip Ant. one too? Well that's you also, strip for me. That's also solo. That's Adam oh, Ant. Sorry. Solo. Look, I'll educate you all next month when we do Adam and the Ants. Yikes. <laughs> Let's okay. move on. But before we do, 
Uh, let's take a quick break while Tom sets up the Adam and the Ants. It's Army. I don't know. All right, we're back, all you ant tards. So uh, <laughs> it's it's time to talk Dr. X. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, yeah. So this is a uh, Patreon pick. This is the fourth time we've done this. Yep. Uh, the Patreon pick uh, is uh, this one is by far the most popular of the picks we've done so far. This is Queensryche's Operation Mind Crime. Um, I'll tell you guys how I got into it, when I got into it and all that. Uh, it was like three, four weeks ago. Uh, I bought the album. What? I had to. You never owned this album? No. Oh my God. Oh my God. I don't own one thing by Queens, right? I can't believe, I honestly cannot believe that, but go ahead. Proudly. Okay. We'll see how this episode goes though. I don't know. I didn't own anything by them. I never liked the band. They were too much. I don't know. They just didn't fit something for me. And they were very different. Again, had the respect for them because I could see the talent, but never got into them. So this is all new to me. Over to you guys. Yeah. So for me, I got into Queensryche when this album came out in high school. Um, and, and again, Queensryche, another victim I see it with Tesla. This fucking band is not hair metal. Okay. Sirius XM. If you're listening, cause I know you are stop playing Queensryche on hair nation. They're not okay. Stop it. So I got into operation mind crime, uh, just because I don't believe in love and eyes of a stranger were kind of, were big quote unquote at the time. I didn't really know anything about the band. I didn't really know anything about the album. Um, I had the CD. Listened to it a little bit more in college because I started to, you know, you start to meet different people who kind of like different music, different bands. Still never really paid attention to the entire album, like in order, you know, the story. Um, but the the songs that were popular, you know, like uh, like I said, Eyes of a Stranger, I Don't Believe in Love, Spreading the Disease, Breaking the Side, all those things really got into them. Um, and then Empire comes out. Empire was just massive with Silent Lucidity and then a shit ton of popular songs off that. Then I went backwards a little bit to Rage for Order, which came out before Mind Crime. Um, but that's pretty much it for me. And I think that's because of the era of the music. So as popular as Empire was and as awesome as Empire is, that was 1990-91. You know, finished high school, got into college, and music just changed a little bit for me um, with you know with grunge and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I've always been a huge fan of this album. We saw Queens on the Kiss Cruise last year with Todd Latore, the new singer. They were incredible. I saw Queens with Jeff Tate when he played this album in its entirety in order, which was incredible if you're a fan of it like I am. So um, I would say I am a huge Queens fan with the caveat that only part of their catalog. So I guess I'm a huge fan of part of their catalog, if that makes sense. I come into Queensryche Rage of Order, Rage for Order. Um, I had I had heard Walk in the Shadows on MTV. You know, I paid attention to it, thought it was a cool song, but didn't own the album. 12, 18 months later, you know, you see it on uh, advertisements at a Tower Records, or you see it in Circus Magazine or whatever, that they're going to release a new album. 
and it's going to be a concept album. And I'm like, fuck, not interested. (laughs) Right. And then I saw eyes of a stranger and I don't believe in love on MTV. And I'm like, all right, I probably need to go get this. So I go get the cassette. And so I bought that cassette in 88. So Mm -hmm. I've had it forever. Um, I'll leave my feelings about my feelings uh, about the total album here in a little bit. I've actually seen Queensryche uh, eight or 10 times. Saw him in 88 at the end of 88, open for Metallica. Saw him in 91, open for Metallica and then Headline and Warrior Soul, open for them. Saw him in uh, 95. Opening act was typo negative, by the way. Ooh. And, uh, then didn't see him again until the monsters of rock. They've been on monsters of rock a couple of times. So mm-hmm. from 95, I had not seen him for 20 years until I saw him on monsters of rock. And reality is, is that after empire, the Garmo, you know, starts, you know, the Garmo leaves and things kind of go in a tailspin. And there's a whole chunk of their discography that probably sold 20 copies total that most yep. people don't know until like Latori comes back basically. So um, my thing, and I'm going to say it many times, probably in this episode, I have a straight up love hate relationship with Queensryche in all things mm-hmm. Queensryche. And it's not just in one place that love hate like moves around. It's really weird because for everything that I hear that I like, I'll hear something that I absolutely hate. Yeah. So, and you, and you're on record as saying you're you've said that you're a Todd Latore guy over a Jeff Tate guy. Correct? I'm a Todd Latore guy over a Jeff Tate guy. We'll get into that when okay. we're talking about the tracks. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I kind of figured out why I've always wondered why, because you know, let's talk. They're both great vocalists that oh, yeah. if, you, if you're going to say Jeff Tate sucks, then he's just an idiot. Come on. Right. The guy yep. can sing. Okay. Yep. So, but so there was, had to have been something else. And I think I figured out what it was. So we'll go over that. Okay. And one thing too, with Queens, right they, They're one of those bands uh, that had, you know, Jeff Tate's Queensryche. And then it was Queensryche with Todd Latour, you know, the, the whole legal shit you see with the Jack Russell's great white or this guy's in rat, but this guy isn't. And it's, you know, it was all that legalese shit. So, um, yeah, but I, I've, I mean, I, I was really impressed with Todd Latour on the kiss cruise. Cause I know you guys were, had raved about his performance and how great and he's incredible. He's incredible, different kind of singer than Jeff Tate. Um, but that's why I think Jeff Tate for this album is probably better in my opinion, but we'll, we'll get into that. Cause this, this album is definitely unique in Queensryche history. For me, I think this is where Jeff takes over. So yeah. I think Queensryche starts as a team and slowly. And even when you listen to interviews about this album, it's like, well, I had to kind of talk the guys into it one-on-one and I started with DeGarmo. DeGarmo kind of fell in love with it. And then he got the other guys, right? Yep. And then we move on to his wife being the manager later on and him wanting to control everything. Like there's yep. there's no, uh, it's not by coincidence that when they finally settled up in court, all Tate wanted to do was, if anybody's going to do mind crime front to back, that's going to have to be me. The regulars Queens, right? Can't do that. I'll change my name, band name to whatever I need to change it to. But the Queens, right? That's without me is not allowed to do mind crime from front to back. So you could tell, yep. To, you know, this was probably the changing of the guard kind of. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was his baby. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, we'll, we'll get into the background of the album and the, 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 
you know, the kind of the genesis of the whole plot of the album came from him. You know what I mean? So before we start, we usually go to cover, I believe. And on this one, I don't know. It's uh, obviously the image. Uh, the imagery is based on a concept album. So it kind of makes sense what they're saying. If you understand the concept album, then you understand why they came up with this cover, I guess. Right. Yeah. So you got the, you got the, the, the big messy Queensryche logo in the middle, you know, with the, with the, you know, some kind of mind crime imagery, you got the crowd in the background, you know, with the fist rays, obviously, you know, the anarchy revolution calling, you got that big picture in the forefront of like, looks like that's the angry nun, sweet sister, Mary, you flip over the back, you got the angry guy there. I can't tell who that is. If that's fucking Fidel Castro or Dr. X. <laughs> Looks like a, a uh, Alec Guinness from uh, from yeah. Empire. Yeah. So see, it's a little shorter. You, if you can open it up, it all makes sense. Well, see, this, right yeah, no, you're CD right. Cover, and, and, you can open it up. You're right. And that's the interesting thing. So I have the dub. I have the vinyl, which is a double LP, but it's not a gatefold. Yeah. Which yeah, that I, sucks. I, I that's hate when stupid. they do. Dub, I hate when they do double LP is no gatefold. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's a visually attractive cover, but it's it's busy. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. So and I then, get that Mary looks upset. Yeah, Doctor X looks scary. Kind of looks a little bit like Mark, doesn't it? Mark Masalam. That's got Mark's oh. facial expression <laughs> on it. Um, but the crowd. Yeah, take a good look. They look like they're waiting for soup and bread. They well, don't look the like pic- revolutionaries to me. Well, the picture looks like it's something from like World War II or even maybe, Euro- maybe like the Great maybe, Depression. I was just going to say maybe even yeah. earlier, the, 19, the 1920s. These guys are ready to fight. Shouldn't yeah. they have like guns and shit? Soup lines. Well, maybe maybe, maybe they should. Russia. They probably should have talked to Rage Against the Machine if they wanted a revolution album yeah. cover. Yeah. Have a bunch of guys setting themselves on fire. Maybe. I don't know. Now, I like that. So you got the Queensryche ro- logo in the brain, right? But yes. That's like a skull with a big Getty Lee nose, yeah, right? It, it, that image is pretty freaking kick-ass, I think. Yes, I, I like yeah, that. It kind of looks like an armband yeah. like you would wear or something, yeah. right? Yep. It's kind of wild. And then you got the inner sleeve, uh, which has a very handsome photo of the band. <laughs> uh, they all look like. I mean, with the exception of Jeff Tate, because I will say Jeff Tate has a very unique look about him. Yeah, all, they hit him you pretty think good. <laughs> all, all four of these guys look like they could be in about 65 other 80s bands. And that's why they're played on Hair Nation. I because agree. Any, and we'll talk about the videos when we get there, but they're doing hair metal moves. So DeGarmo and Wilton, I think, wanted to be hair metal guys. I, I agree. Yeah, no, I I totally agree that they wanted that, but they're they're this they're, not this is not hair. This is just 80s hard like prog rock concept rock, at least for this album. I mean, this is when they really took that took that kind of time. I mean, it, it, he admitted it's a rock opera concept album. Um, but yeah, other than Jeff Tate, these four of the guys, they just look like cookie cutter 80s, 80s dudes. Which this I picture's guess is a little weird too, because look at it almost looks like DeGarmo is coming into the picture last minute. I was gonna say it's like he's photoshopped in, like, hey, we forgot yeah. to put him in. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and then you get the lyrics. Um, yeah, that's about it. So it's it's kind of a there's a lot going on with the cover. I like the black and white with a hint of red and then the yellow. Like that works. I do I I agree. Yeah, I think like I said, I think it is visually it, it pulls you in. 
you know, because because you because it forces you to try to figure out what the hell you're looking at. So let's talk about the album. It was released May 3rd, 1988. And as you said, Tom, this is like fucking heyday hair metal. Yep. So they they get like it or not, they get thrown in there. It was produced by Peter Collins. Want to tell us a little bit about him, Tom? Peter Collins. Yeah, he's a he's a big name producer. He's done Bon Jovi, Billy Squire, Rush. That's why Air, I, yeah. Air Supply. Yeah, that's why. I, <laughs> so he did I asked one you. good band. Hey, how dare you? Yeah. Uh, no, he's been involved with with a ton of stuff. Um, I mean, you know, the Brian Setzer Orchestra, the Cardigans, all these. He's done everything. Jermaine yeah. Stewart. I wonder if he was the man behind. We don't have to take our clothes off <laughs> to have a good time. That's oh, no. all right. That's right. Yes, we can dance and party all night, all night. Drink some cherry wine. There you go. See, see, we we cover all. We've gone from Adam and the Ants. I've got to Jermaine the Stewart. Single. I've got the twelve inch single, dude. And you're making fun of me for knowing who Adam Ant is. You have Jermaine Stewart on vinyl. <laughs> all right. Anyway, the album made it only up to number 50 on U.S. Billboard. It did go platinum, which uh, I think is a step up from the last couple albums we've done. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, that's all the info really I have on Operation Mindcrime. I'm not going to get into the story stuff because we'll get into that as we go through each song. Yeah, um, so I, I, I was going to touch on that, too. So generally speaking, so they said it's a concept album rock opera. And the general story is it follows a guy named Nikki, who is a drug addict who becomes disillusioned with the corrupt society of his time and reluctantly becomes involved in a revolutionary group as an assassin of political leaders. Now, the album takes place in order of a rock opera, of a concept album, of a story. So as we go through the track by track, we can kind of tell the story as we do the track by track, because each song covers a different aspect of the plot. Now I will say this. I think concept albums and rock operas are usually horrendous. Just for the record. I think this one is very well done. And I'll tell you why I think the story, I think it's unique. I think it's interesting. Most rock operas are about, you know, if you talk about something like the elder, you know, something about medieval times or, or gods and goddesses or some, this is just about some revolution that it involves religion. It involves drugs. It involves murder. It involves all kinds of crazy shit. So I think it's kind of a cool story, whether or not you agree with how it's told throughout the album, we can get into that, but I think the story is kind of cool. And until we spent, or me at least, until we spent a lot of time with this album, I, I didn't really sink my teeth into the actual plot until paying attention to every song track by track. So we'll kind of cover that as we do the songs. Yeah. So let's get started. The first track. Here we go. It's 10 minutes past curfew. Why are you still up? Hello? Hello? 
Perhaps you need another shot. Responsibility for the slaves. But police have a suspect in custody under observation at the state hospital. Should do it. Identity is held pending further investigation. Sports and weather next. Sweet dreams, you bastard. I remember now. I remember how it started. I can't remember yesterday. I just remember doing what they told me. Told me. Told me. Told me. I remember now. <laughs> um, all right. So at this point, Nikki's in the psych hospital, amnesia. You know, you kind of get this reports on television of political assassinations and things he's hearing in the background. And now memories are flooding back. I thought it was interesting because the nurse calls him a bastard. So obviously the nurse knows what Nikki has done. So I thought that was kind of cool. You bastard. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that Somebody- was from uh, Pablo, honey. You, <laughs> you, you, you bastard. Hello? Yeah. Pablo, honey? Yeah. Please, honey, come down to Florida. Huh? Come to Florida, honey. We miss you. Yeah, who's this? Pablo, honey. You washing your ass, Pablo? Who is this? Keep yourself clean, honey. Somebody is whistling a melody in the background. I I want to think they're whistling the mission. They, I, I think they I, were whistling the mission. Uh, they, it whistling sounds like the mission? What'd you say? <laughs> I think so, you wish. I think you wish. Whistling the mission. You're whistling the mission. Yeah. <laughs> if I had my Eastern bats, I'd be putting them out. <laughs> yeah. I uh, honestly, I actually don't mind this start, but I will say something opposite what Tommy said. All okay. rock operas are fucking horrendous. There are no good ones. There's not one solid one that is good to me. Okay. Erase them all from music history. I could give two shits. Well, we're this looking looks, at what? We're looking at Tommy. We're looking for uh anything wall, you want to label a knock rep. Like half a wall. sabotage is a rock opera. Twenty one twenty one twelve by Rush is kind of one of oh, a concept album. Oh, I mean, you know shit. All of them. Don't like any of them. Yeah. I, I hear you because because usually they're usually they're over the top, horny and unlistenable whether or not you would think that that applies to this album we'll get to that eventually but yeah but this i remember now because it's it's almost like they're not telling the story but they're kind of telling the story this one this actually works for me so when we're going to the love hate thing this actually works yeah i agree i think i think it works it it really works for me because you're not you don't just have the songs you have these little like interludes these little like like movie clips per se and you know first of all the british nurse she sounds fucking hot you know she just i'm like right i mean i might this might be 300 pounds i don't care her voice i mean this might be my number one ranked song on the entire album pitch perfect that's okay that's okay um but yeah, but backing up a little bit, even before we get into this. So the idea for this album, Sonny hinted at this a little bit. When we were talking the idea for the album came again, Jeff Tate, when he was living in Canada, um, he was listening to members of a militant Quebec separatist movement that he became friends with. And they were in, and some of these people were in organizations that were involved in terrorism. 
Um, and then he started thinking of some of the friends that he had who had become derelicts and criminals because of the drug use. So he started coming up with this story. And again, we mentioned Nikki is the main protagonist of the story. And, and this whole, the album starts with him remembering. Um, and then all these, you know, this flood of memories come back and then we start telling the story. So I like it too, because the first track is kind of like, if this was a movie, you would see him in the hospital and then the entire movie would be almost like a flashback. And then it would wrap around to the, how the album ends, which again, I think is, is a cool structure. So. Uh, I remember now written by Chris DeGarmo, Jeff Tate and Michael Wilton. I thought it was Michael Wilbon. Uh, calling Dr. Howard, Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine. Um, there's three different doctors they yell out. And that fucking hello. Hello. I love it. Yes, Tom. I put down hot British voice and the stilettos walking back. The heels, baby. She ain't wearing she ain't wearing nurse. She ain't wearing nurse clogs. Yes. And then comes the fucking uh voice the liam neeson voice that he does i remember now i remember i can't remember fucking who i fucked yesterday <laughs> but i remember like just what the fuck um honestly this is like you know part of the the story and we actually have to rank this shit yep now <laughs> it could be a lot worse they have a hot voice a stupid Liam Neeson voice, and it's short. Yeah, yeah. not bad. Take it. Yeah, exactly. Let's go to the next track. So as Zeus alluded to, it could be a lot worse. And here we go. <laughs> now we get the overture to the rock opera, right? You got the oh. military style drums and you got to rally the troops and there's crowds screaming for revolution. This I do mind because this is why I hate concept records because it forces you into this crap to put in the music and in the story, save this shit for the movie. Right. This does nothing for me. It just wastes my 
It just wastes my time. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I had to listen to two tracks to get to the first song. That's why I hate concept records. I just hate everything about it. Yeah. The, the, I, look, I don't mind this because it's part of the story, but what I mind is that it's its own thing. This should have just been tagged on to the beginning of revolution calling. This shouldn't be its own individual track that we have to talk about and fucking rank now. <laughs> um, but yeah. So as we said, he remembers now he was a heroin addict. He was a would-be political radical frustrated with contemporary society due to economic inequality, corruption, and hypocrisy. He was manipulated into joining a supposed secret organization dedicated to revolution. So what you're hearing is the crowd getting uh, all worked up into a lather, apparently. Um, Because they need soup? (laughs) Yes. Yes. The soup lines. Taste the soup. (laughs) Aha. 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 No soup for you. <laughs> Anarchy X written by Chris DeGarmo. All right. I'll get to, I'll do this concept album with you, but do you let me do some instrumentals in the middle? Yeah, exactly. All right. I'll do that. There you right. go. Yep. Uh, yeah. The build up, Tom, I had a couple of quick notes here. Build up music should have been one track. Eh, yep. An instrumental. Yeah. At least it's short. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yep. All right. Next track. So the revolution is finally calling, uh, to me, great guitar melody, uh, to start the song feels, uh, almost like D martini. Almost. You got like socialist lyrics, you know, basically songs talking about what's going on in society. Jeff sounds great. Powerful. Jeff's got a recognizable voice to me. He's always been somewhere between like a Dickinson and a Halford. Like he's got both. That's the problem. That's part of the problem. I like the Dickinson part of his voice. I don't love the Halford part of his voice. 
because when he gets to the Halford poise part of his voice, to me, he gets extra, right? That's where the theatrics come in to me. Um, I love that the music builds up fairly quickly. Great pre-chorus of this song. Love that the song's more rock than progressive. I like it that he add, added some of the controversies from the 80s, like PTL and all that stuff. So that's a good, good idea. Love that little music stop of the second chorus. Awesome guitar solo. This song's dictionary definition of the Queensryche, I like. Right? This is a straight-ahead rock song, not too prog. It doesn't get too drama, not too theatrical, and it's written very well. It's not the catchiest chorus on the planet. It's not like you're going to sing along to this later, but it absolutely works. Yeah, I'll stop by your comment with the Dickinson and Halford thing. That's the thing that I like about Jeff Tate is he approaches those guys, and I know this is going to be controversial and i've probably said it before i'm not a huge priest or a huge maiden fan because of halford and dickinson way too over the top operatic jeff tate is close but pulls back enough or i can really enjoy what he's doing um he he's he the tone of his voice is a little bit different and not as not as squealy high as halford sometimes and not as operatic as dickinson but he approaches it um but yeah i mean right off the bat let's just get this out of the way every fucking solo on this album is incredible the guitar work is just incredible stuff here um his voice i love before each chorus like when he says i used to trust the media to tell me the truth and then he just goes into the chorus i mean seriously almost listen to this almost every lyric in this song whether you agree with it or not politically applies to like what's going on right now in our political arena with like news and coverage and the way people respond to things and the way people react to things. Um, I think it's a, it's an incredible song. I, I think I love when the music stops near the end when he screams out revolution, Colin. Um, I think the, the band is just killing it right here. They should have opened with this and then gave us the, I remember now anarchy X type stuff. I get it. It might've not taken shape in the, you know, the form of the story, but uh killer, killer opening song here. Uh Revolution calling written by Jeff Tate and Michael Wilbon again. It, <laughs> I'm like, why do I know this own this, uh this opening? It's like the buildup. And then he yells, ah! like his holy shit. Is this psycho circus? The song? Oh, how dare you? Yeah, exactly. Fucking Paul Stanley ripped that off. This came out first. That's the buildup to psycho circus. He took it from this. No, other songs have build up like this. It's not and then like a he new does concept. that scream like this. Uh, that's what it sounds like to me, especially when you listen to the music from Anarchy X coming into this. That's what I got. First of all, the pre-chorus is really cool on this. Mm. And there's and, and I find myself saying that a lot about their songs on this album. The pre-chorus is really cool. Yep. Um, I really liked it. So um I used to trust the media when he starts off like that. Uh, even the, um, I was going to say, even the chorus sounds a little fucking cycle circus. Oh, he said bullshit. Ooh. <laughs> hey, it's 1988. I know. I know. Giving their secretaries the slam. <laughs> Body slam? <laughs> what is he talking about? Oh, he's, they're getting nothing while they're getting all this money. You know, is, he so, is he talking about PTL? Is he talking about porking someone? No. Yeah, he is. He's, yeah, he porking is. the secretaries? Yeah. 
because he's huh. talking about the now, religious dudes. I will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I want to address this, too, because there's this whole thing. I never liked Queen's right specifically because I think Jeff Tate looks like a moron and I didn't like his voice. You judge your bands based on what they lead singers look like? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, I can't take fucking, what do you call it, serious? What's that band with the fucking bozo that Beavis and Butthead made fun of the fat guy? What's his name? The Grim Reaper? <laughs> hey, yeah. Well, yeah, that's because they suck. It has nothing to do with what he looks like. Oh, but his voice is pretty good for that fat guy. Oh, God, no, it isn't. <laughs> yes, it is. He's got the same type of voice. Ooh, Steve Grimmett? <laughs> Wait a second. Are Recipe. we saying Piercy doesn't look like a moron? Piercy looks like a moron. <laughs> they all do. I don't think he does, though. Not everybody can be. But let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> he, It's something that Sonny said, because I couldn't think of like what it is about Jeff Tate that I never liked. And and you kind of said it, Sonny. And, it, and he falls in between it, because I can see why Tommy's like, ah, there's something about Dickerson and, and uh, Priest. Uh, and how for their voice, the way they sing, you see the talent. You can tell they have a range that not many have. And the same thing with Jeff Tate. I think he's got a great, incredible voice, but he's got this thing. And Sonny, you said it somewhere in there. He's very theatrical when he's oh, yeah. Oh, wicked. everything's like, 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 dude, calm the fuck down. Remember, it's a rock opera, though. Yeah, but that's it. That's- Right. And everything, it just seems like he's so like, oh, like those actors that overact. And he's a yeah. singer that's going, oh, my God, Mary. Dude, what the fuck? And that's it. He's got a theatrical way of singing. And and it, and it kind of, you know, it just rubs me the wrong way. But he is talented. So when he's not being theatrical, I can see why you guys like him. I really can. Um, this song is a good song. I like it. It's a hard rock song, and I, I, I'm starting to think uh, like Sonny about this band. There are certain things that they're doing when it's straightforward, like rock and away from the prog stuff that I get. And like I can get why you like this band. This song is a really good song. So I like this one. They started off good, and I kind of get I, Tom. I, I just I don't know if they could do this without. It's okay, like they did the talking. And then the buildup, that song should have been right into the beginning of Revolution Calling. I agree. Anarchy yeah. X shouldn't have been there. But I don't mind it because it's a concept album. Like, yeah, exactly. So you don't have to blow my brains out in the first song. I right. get it. You're you're setting a stage. So it's a different con- a different yeah. type of a, a listening experience. But this is a great way to start the first actual song, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, let's go to the title track next. Hello?
Operation Mind Crime. All right. So now we have, we know Nikki's like an anti-hero. He's a drug addict. He's a hitman. He's a hero with flaws. Love the telephone ringing because the voice on the other end is supposed to say mind crime. And then it's supposed to like put Nikki into motion. You know what? That story honestly is pretty cool. Um, there was a lyric mentioned in here, mainline. And I was like, did they say mainline? I don't exactly know what they're talking about. So I you go to Chris? the urban diction. So I, yeah. So I go to the urban dictionary and it was a heroin reference. Yeah. And then it used it in a sentence and used the mind crime lyric. I couldn't believe that. Dictionary. Yep. I couldn't believe it. Um, chunky bass. The song almost has like a black Sabbath feel at the beginning. Love the verse melody. Love the start stop of the music and the verses. I think that's cool. All the little bass fills that Jackson's doing. Super earworms. Great chorus. Dude, Wilton and DeGarmo are under, underrated uh, guitarists because their singer is so theatrical and the music is, there's a lot going on. These guys don't really get, uh, I guess, all of, they don't always get mentioned with the Demartinis and the, and the George Lynch's and all those guys. These guys kind of get lost in the mix on that, which is a little sad. I think it's a well-written rock song. It's the Queensryche I like. The song even ended. Like it was a white snake type song. He even did a little Coverdale thing at the end. Great song. It, it, this is the Queen's Rack I like. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about with this album. I know people see 15 tracks, people see rock opera, people see these little interludes, but the actual songs fucking rip on this album. And this is another one. I mean, you know, Sonny said we're getting to the story now. Mind crime, that's the trigger word. You know, Nikki hears the word and it, you know, it's like in friggin' the naked gun when Reggie Jackson, the robot to kill the queen. It's like Nikki, Nikki's now gonna kill somebody when he hits mind crime. Poor Jeff Tate. <laughs> he just got compared to naked gun. <laughs> Come on, that's a compliment. What are you talking about? Naked gun is friggin' epic. I love the one with Reggie Jackson when he kills the queen. <laughs> Come on, mind crime. Um, but no, Sonny perfectly said, no one mentions Chris DeGarmo when you're talking about killer guitarists. I mean, what they're doing in this song, I mean, it, it, it's not going to be the last time we're going to talk about it, at least me. Uh, they're killing it. It's got a stomping, heavy groove. It's just a really killer track here. Um, and I think it's funny because Zeus, I wanted to ask you, when he answers the phone, does it sound better than Got Me on the Line from Rat? Uh, he's pissed because I stole his notes. This is why we share it. This is why we do a show together because we share a brain. He's holding up his notes. Operation I th- I th- Mind Crime. I thought of you as soon as I heard the phone ring. Chris, how DeGarmo. sad are you fuckers that you're combining, you're comparing phone rings? Come that's, on. That's what we've been reduced to. This is your fault, Sonny. Jeff Tate and Michael Wilbon again. First comment, phone rings, better hello than got me on the line by rat. <laughs> See, I knew it, buddy. Hello. <laughs> At least this one is like, hello. <laughs> it, it sounds like those calls you make at three in the morning when you're single and young. Hey, uh, three in the morning. What's up? Talk to anyone? Hello. <laughs> yeah, got me on the line. Hello. Line crime. Um, had a habit of doing mainline by Peter Chris. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I like the pre-chorus again. Decent solo. Here's the thing. Maybe these guitarists are good, but there's too much shit going on. I'm listening for the fucking plot. Jeff Tate's theatric <laughs> voice. I don't know. I mean, the music sounds decent, but I can't tell if they're good guitar players. They sound pretty good. Well, this because we're only it's good. Cause we, we're just coming off the heels of pretty little crazy white girls. So if you know, it's, <laughs> oh, kind of, it's difficult. Don't even compare these two bozos to don't the worry. white snake duos. <laughs> don't oh. worry. I won't. Yeah, because the white stink guys would blow these assholes away. Woo! Anyways. Okay, anyways. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let that one stand out there in the ether. Oh, I'm sorry. Chris DeGarmo and fucking Anarchy my, X. My hey, favorite, at least my, these two guys got shirts to fit. My, my favorite <laughs> Zeus criticism. My, my, my favorite kinds of Zeus criticism is when he shits on a guy that he doesn't know. I've never owned well, a Queen's to this whole album. I've, I didn't hear one fucking I, thing that stood out. You just bought it a week ago. Now you think Chris oh, DeGarmo sucks. Dude, <laughs> I didn't say he sucks. I did not say he sucks. I just saying I didn't hear anything that blew me away. Okay. Nothing. I got you. And I didn't say he sucks. That's not true. Now, <laughs> he may have a shirt that fits him, Sonny, but that doesn't make him. <laughs> He's wearing the same shirt, boy. actually. That's the problem. Mark first of all, first of all, Let's get to the videos. Okay. Oh God, yeah. So this is the first one where there's a video of, and a lot of these videos, like we just realized uh, that there was more than just the two main ones for eyes of the eyes of a stranger. And uh, I don't believe in love. I thought that those were the only two. So we kind of just took a quick glance at these ones. Operation mind crime. He's got the, the do the one, which is like kind of slicked back. Right. It's got and, like a wild mane. Yeah. And a little bit of the video is like slow motion. At one point, he does like a back handspring that my daughter used to have to do when she was in cheerleading. It was he, that is not what you would call a David Lee Roth type of front man move. Not very athletic. Yeah, I don't want to see. I don't want to see Jeff Tate do that. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying, right? So all the guitar players, including the bass player, are doing hair metal moves. Yeah. You got Tate like tumbling and twirling and shit, but they don't want to be called hair. <laughs> and he wears a wife beater in his leather pants. And he's got the worst flock of seagulls hairdo I've ever seen. I'll tell you, thing. thank thank God. When I saw him, when I saw him, he was, he was the bald Jeff Tate, which looks great. And all he was wearing was a black leather vest with nothing under it. <laughs> he was sweating, wasn't he? Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> he was kicking ass. But he this video, like, I, hey, Tom, he yeah. looks like good friend of the show and Sonny's Jeff Trot. The two of them <laughs> are separated at birth these days. Kinda, kinda. I, I like Scott Rockenfeld's drums, the fucking chains oh, and shit. Those are pretty cool. That is pretty kick-ass. All right. Yeah. You guys would know, but I'm not sure if it's this video, but one of these idiot guitar players has a Don Dawkin hat. Oh, that's the videos. Dude, he looks yeah, it's the he looks like the gunslinger from like one of the Stephen King movies or something. <laughs> and he doesn't want to be hair metal, really. And, and I, that awful Don Dawkins hat from In My Dreams, when he's doing the slow motion fist pumps. I know about two forty, two pushing two fifty. But you can pull that off in nineteen eighty eight, eighty nine. You can do that. <laughs> I didn't get why. Well. I guess I can spin the story and say Dr. X is making Nikki play Russian roulette to show us that he's got him under mind control. Yep. 
But if Nikki loses, he doesn't have anybody that can kill people. So that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, Nikki needs some help. He's got some problems. He's got a, he's got a couple problems. He's waiting to find a nun he can bang. That's what his, that's his problem right now. He hasn't there's, got that there's, yet. There's a lot of blasphemy in here. Oh, blasphemy. I love it. As 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 a Catholic, ah, it's a great story. Blasphemy. People are yes. lusting over the the prostitute nun. Okay, you're a heroin addict banging nuns <laughs> and killing people. The fuck are we talking and about here? Killing priests. Oh, Jeez. I feel good. Oh, and you know what's funny? And you know what's funny? As a Catholic, this episode, I believe, will drop on Ash Wednesday during the <laughs> to, to, to start the Lenten season. There we go. All right. Wonderful. <laughs> Let's go to the next track while we burn in hell. <laughs> okay i like it's a little weird but you get kind of used to it i like the guitar melody at the beginning very slash felt slash that whole dude when jeff is screaming speak to me and then he faintly says it again and then he says the pain you feel and then he faintly says it again i mean that chorus is an earworm and this whole thing about you know the rich control the government the media the law okay you know it's deep in the end, it's a well-written song, political rally type song. I get it. But here, I like the song. Let's stick a pin in that. Here's where these guys got to be careful. They kind of got lucky that this shit didn't end up backfiring on them. Dude, you can't tell people burn the fucking White House down. That is not a good idea. Like if for a lot of people, music is power. The words you say have a lot of power to them. And you get the wrong person hearing shit like that. It's just too far. Like you gotta, like they hadn't gone this far yet. You could have backed it off. I don't know if I'm cool with like telling people burn the fucking white house down. Yeah. I, I'll just comment on that real quick. I think, 
their excuse would be that they're telling a story that it's not it's not it's not put it this way it's not fuck the police by nwa where they're literally telling you to fuck the police yeah. i get it that the lyric says burn the white house down but they can be like well it's, it's part of the narrative it's a story we're talking about characters but i i i, I hear you i hear you um the beginning of the song the, the those guitars fucking incredible it, it, it reminded me of something that like maiden might do or even metallica might do just inc- incredible incredible and Sonny, you said it when he is when he is saying speak to me, the I mean, his voice, I'm like, fucking that is Jeff Tate right there, man. Bottle that shit because he is killing it. Um, but that other part where it's like, speak the word. I'm like, ah, nah, I don't need I don't need that. But uh, again, this is what I'm talking about. Another this is three in a row songs that absolutely rip lyrically, musically, the guitars are, are killing. It's just. Right out of the right out of the gate, right here, you get you get three bangers in a row. So, and that's not the last one. Speak written by Jeff Tate and Michael Wilbon. Um, Death Angel with a gun, dude. There's a lot of these settle down moments for Jeff Tate. Um, and oh, that's I agree. A definitely a settle down fucking. Mind he needs card. to settle down during this entire album. Absolutely. <laughs> and I can't believe you're being this kind. Because I've heard you destroy fucking songs with bad choruses like speak the word. What the fuck is that? Oh, no, that's that is, bad. I that agree. Is that's a, bad. That is one of our worst choruses we've had on this show. And I've heard you destroy things with that voice. Is it really the chorus or is the other part the chorus when he says speak I think to the me other the- part, that well, part I mean, is the chorus. Just, okay. when Jeff is wailing course. is a chorus yeah. to me. Part of it's the, in right. the chorus. That it's bad. The, it's oh, fucking. No, it's, it's, it's bad. It, it's under the rose vocals. I agree. Under yeah. the rose. Yeah. I, I just fucking, oh my God. This is, I put as same as, and I heard you mention it, Tom. This is, is this takes me to a, like an Iron Maiden peace of mind type song that could have fit in there. Yep. Um, I, I, I can hear what you're, where you, why you're saying that, Tom, on this. Um, and there is an actual video for this too. It's another black and white video. And I think a lot of these videos, they must have done it all in one day. Yeah. Um, it looks just like I don't believe in love. Like the set, it's a performance. They're fucking wearing the same wife beater, same clothes. and they're Oh, just no. This. It was not the same wife beater. It was now black. <laughs> oh, he changed? He keeps changing from white to black to white to black for some reason. Yeah, but I'm thinking like they filmed all these in the same oh, yeah, absolutely. place, absolutely. same day. Well, he had to um, change because he got all sweaty from doing the handspring action <laughs> jumps. So he, he got a broke out in a sweat. So he, he had to put a new clean Hanes on. Yeah. Know? Jeff Trot, the lead singer from <laughs> Queensryche. Well, think about it, the names are close. Jeff Tate. Jeff and they Trott. look separated at birth these days. So Jeff Trot in his fucking pulled back. Hold on, tail. hold on, hold on. We love Jeff Trot. He does not have Jeff Tate's big giant lips. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't. I, I mean, I, or the I gut. Or, or, or the gut. <laughs> I don't focus on Jeff's lips. Well, you said you said he looks like him. Well, I'm they trying. look with the the bald head and oh, the okay. beard and the way they look. They look okay. very similar. Okay, except for when he. <laughs> I used to call Jeff Tate raft lips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you know, like you you put up those 
uh, you blow up those little rafts you get on his head in yeah. like a little pond and stuff. That front fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> He has raft lips. Looks like a pair of like I'm floaties. <laughs> Water wings. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyways, that's uh, that's speak. And let's see what Jeff trots up to on the next song. spreading the disease <laughs> next. So the story goes here. Sister Mary is a sex worker, was a sex worker. Now she's a nun. The moral of the story is the selling sex and selling God is basically the same. They both spread disease. I ain't going to lie though. That shit is deep. That, 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 that's actually, I was going to say it's pretty cool. It's not cool. It's just deep, right? Mm-hmm. Now this whole thing that father William saves her, but then fucks her on the altar once a week. Okay. That, that's yikes. That's, that's a little extra. Yikes. <laughs> um, okay. Song wise drums are straight up thumping on this one. I love the jungle beats, love the earworms, like doubling the third line on the first verse in the singing, uh, man, that note that Jeff hits when he says again, right before the chorus. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then you got another great guitar solo. The only weird part of this song is after the solo. Like, is Jeff rapping? Is that Jeff like doing a rap? Yeah, he, he, he it kind of is. Yeah, it is. The, 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 the tempo or however you want to say that he's singing. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not singing yet. It's, it's, it's almost rapping. Yeah. And is that because he couldn't get enough of the story and the lyrics? So he's got to tell you the rest of it. I don't know. I don't know. Cause it was a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. So spreading the disease, this is a, a, a corrupt priest named father. Will William Nikki's off of the services of a teenage prostitute, her nun named sister Mary. Yikes. I mean, wow. I mean, we're, we're getting into it with this song here. That being said, another incredible song, chugging guitars, killer riffs, a heavy song. And I have here Jeff Tate. He gets very operatic at times, but he's just close enough without going over the edge for me. 
the chorus, incredible. Sonny, you said it when he's hitting those fucking notes and you have the band killing it behind him. I mean, it's there's a reason why this particular album, when you mention Queensryche to people like this is like the go to album. I'm, I'm not saying that there's not other great albums. I know people love Empire and whatever. Uh, and I know our buddy Righty in his I Remember Now Queensryche podcast. I can't wait to hear what they think about this album. He named it after I Remember Now. Um, but I, I, there's a reason why this album has gotten the acclaim that it has. It's just these songs kill. Um, and, and this this is another one. But yeah, the lyrical story of this song. Yikes. Spreading the disease written by Jeff Tate and Michael Wilbon. Um, this is a to me, I found this very hair metal ish. The most okay. on these, the way the guitar and the and the and the vocals were going, um, I think the verses were actually pretty cool on this. And he, uh, I like a a twenty bucks a fuck line is always special. And then he had to do the typical hair street lyric, typical hair metal lyric, back on the streets again. Oh, you always got to be back on the streets. It's 1988. <laughs> Is he with the boys? Are they wild in the streets or getting back on the street? Oh, just God. Fucking hate that. Everybody uses that cheap line. Like, uh, I like the way you walk. I like the way you talk. Oh, you do? That's nice. <laughs> um, I'm not a fan of the chorus. Uh, Father Williams banging her. Is that yep. what he's saying? That's what he he's saying. Weeks. Yeah. T- takes her once a week on the altar like a sacrifice. Not good. Not good. What am I listening to? I'm a fucking. I tell oh. you, you missed you. You missed one of the the nat. You said the twenty five bucks a fuck. I think it's gross when she said she wipes the filth away. Yeah, oh, gross. <laughs> I mean, just that. Just the. It's like, oh god. This. Oh, come on, man. Uh, no. The spoken words part. Settle the fuck down. That's yeah. <laughs> I just and the one percenters. Okay, Bernie Sanders is on this fucking album now. We're talking about one percenters. Uh, yeah, politics. <laughs> Where I'm going to sing this new song. It's called Spreading the Disease. 25 a bucks a fuck. John's a happy man. That's right. That's my platform. 25 bucks <laughs> a fuck for all the voters. Bernie Sanders opening act for Queensryche in 1988. But I, I like this song. I think this is a uh, this is as Sonny says. This is the type of Queensrÿche shit I like. I like yep. this song. Yep, pretty good. So let's go to the next track. Informing Washington, a technical violation of the 1972 ABM treaty. I'm asking for hands to be uplifted in just a moment. God, the Holy Ghost is calling out to embrace you. I want. You- Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. In the wooden chair beside my window, I'll wear a face born in the falling rain. Talk to shadows from a lonely candle Recite the phrases from the wall I can't explain 
So now we get to a point where Nikki is now conflicted about what he believes. And I don't know if you noticed, but he said, bless me, father, not forgive me, father. So I'm assuming that that's written because Nikki's doing God's work, I guess. Right. Instead of asking for forgiveness, there is no way you guys missed a minute in that. It sounded like cashmere, right? Sound like cashmere. Oh yeah. A minute in. Oh yeah. Okay. So, okay. Just wanted to make sure. I, I like the riff to listen. this song. Yeah. I, I like the riff to this song. The song's kind of ballad to bombastic, but in the end, it's very musical theater. This, this, I did not love this song. The chorus is not great. And it just feels a little forced into the concept record thingy that you got to have this song. That's just not great. And I, I didn't really get the song. I don't like it. Um, yeah, I, it didn't do nothing for me. Okay. So we talk about, or I do a lot on ARC about like track listing track order. I think this is perfect. It allows in the, in, in the, in the realm of the story, it allows the listener to kind of catch their breath. It slows down and regroups. Cause you've had these kick ass guitar driven songs and now it slows down. And like we said, Nikki's kind of trying to figuring out what he's doing. He's enamored with the, with the, with the nun. 
Nikki's wondering what the fuck he's doing. He sees the Dr. X is kind of a wacko and all this stuff. I, and I, and the other thing, I really think they do a great job with this mid to slow tempo tempo type of song. Uh, I, I think it's great. Well, like at the very beginning of that acoustic guitar almost sounds like close my eyes forever. You know, Ozzy and leader, it kind of has that weird kind of haunting sound. Then the band kicks in excellent bridge into the chorus. I mean, his, his voice is perfect for a song like this, the solo again, but Zeus, I was laughing out loud because all I could think about was the jerky boys. <laughs> when he says, Six days ago, my life had taken a tumble. <laughs> I'm like, who says my life took a tumble? Ooh, I a took stomp. a terrible tumble. I took a terrible tumble six days ago. Uh, but again, I- I'm a fan of this. I like the change of pace, literally and figuratively, the pace. The mission written by Chris DeGarmo. He's down to, again, spooky Jeff Tate voice. Ooh. And it's, you know, what it reminds me of he does a little. Silence of the Lamb voice. Would you? Would you? Would you? Would you uh, Sister Mary? She's a great big Mary. fat person. Would you help me with this couch? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like the pre-chorus again. Until the sister comes to wash his, or his balls. I don't know what she's going to wash. But um, I like that chorus. I like the build up. The guitar part is pretty cool. The verses are decent. The solo is decent. I don't know. It, it chugs along. It's not a bad song. Yeah. Cool. Let's go to Sonny's favorite type of song next. A long one. Kill her. That's all you have to do. Kill Mary. She's a risk. And get the priest as well. Faces 
Sister Mary. So now we're at where Dr. X is telling Nikki, you got to kill Mary and the priest because they know too much. And Nikki ends up killing the priest. Can't kill Mary because he's in love with her. Does her instead. Okay. Good for you. That happens. (laughs) Heaven forbid we don't (laughs) have a 900 minute fucking epic. (sighs) Dude, this song. This is why I hate concept records. As the kids would say, Jeff with the G here is extra. This is too much, right? Like if I was Nikki and I was Mary and I was Dr. X and I was the priest, I'd all want to be killed because I don't want to listen to this fucking song Do 10 minutes and 40 seconds in my life. I've listened to this song in full twice when I bought it in 88. And on February 11, 2023, I am never fucking listening to this song again. This is one of the worst oh God, just here we go. extra songs that we have heard at Album Review Crew. This song absolutely sucks ass. This is the anchor to the album. You will see it in my ranking. The ship is fucking sinking. <laughs> see, this is why I love ARC. Oh God, they're so bad because <clears throat> so I'm, I'm a, I'm not, I am not a real prog rock fan. Okay. I, I'm a rush fan. I like long songs. I like songs that have tempo changes and stuff. So I'm just going to get it out of the way right now and say that I fucking love sweet sister Mary. I love it. <laughs> now there is a caveat to the love that I have for the song that it sucks. The female <laughs> vocals. I get it but I didn't need it. That, that was almost even too much for me. Then I'm sitting there going, I feel like I'm kind of at a high school play right now. I, I, I don't need that. I get it because this is a, this is like, if this was a movie, this would be like the pivot point in the plot right now about him confronting her. I want to kill you, but you're too hot. So I'm going to bang you. And then we're going to sing together and hold hands and all this stuff. I like, I like, what they're doing here. I like how it starts off kind of haunting a little bit of a religious vibe. You get the effects with the rain. Jeff Tate is going all in. He's, I am all in on the dramatics with this song right here. I, I, I'm a fan. I'm taking it for what it is. I'm not, I would never try to convince somebody. Oh, you got to listen to sweet sister. Mary. It's 11 minutes of gold. I would never do that, but I, I like it. Sweet sister, Mary, Chris DeGarmo and Jeff. Uh, um, uh, Tate. So, spooky music. He's using that haunting voice. Wicked in this Ooh, one. Theater. Wicked music theater. And, um, and then all of a sudden, the song turns into fucking Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Oh, which is which terrible. I also hate. <laughs> that's a great analogy because that song <laughs> sucks. By the way, anybody sucks. out there, Meatloaf blows. That's never going to be done on this show. <laughs> The only good thing about Bat Out of Hell is that album cover. That's it. 
actually still like that song. Oh, it's a no. good song. Oh, no. <laughs> Ain't no doubt about it. We were doubly best. <laughs> Barely a 17 and we were there. We're going to go all the way. We're going to go. Oh, see, now it's fucking terrible. Dude, Dude, I even, nobody's going I, all the way with meatloaf in 1970s. The fact that I know any words from that thing is terrible. <laughs> I know the whole thing. Oh, oh those God. videos are gross. Look, I like hadn't <laughs> bathed in like a month. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Short fat meatloaf with his hair blowing in the wind, whatever they got in the video. Not a good look. No, this is very rock opera. This is, I don't know, there's the whole middle section has got that coma like GNR break that you're like, okay, yeah, but you love that. I'm not complaining, I'm just saying it's there. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and then just he's back to the silence of the lamb voice. Sister Mary, would you? Yeah, oh, he's he's laying it on thick in this one. Put my dog back in. Put her in that fucking bucket, Mary. Don't you hurt my dog. Don't you hurt my ponytail. Ooh. Oh, come on. Fucking Jeff Trot. Anyways, <laughs> let's go to the next track. The Needle Lies. I've had enough and I want out! You can't walk away now. <laughs> The needle lies. So here we're at, you know, confronting the addiction, basically songs about the excess of the eighties. I will admit it was refreshing to hear a metal, a metal band do kind of like an anti-drug type song instead of, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind of thing. So that was kind of cool. Uh, I'm not a big needle guy, dude. There's no way I could do heroin. I cry when a oh. needle comes anywhere near me. So oh. I see it on TV. I look away. Like I, I can't handle that shit. Uh, me too. Um, the speed of this song, this, I mean, they get to motorhead speed here. Like this is like well done motorhead. I love all the great guitar fills. The chugging in the middle of the song works. The chorus is super catchy and Jeff is fucking wailing. So by the time you get to the needle lies, Compared to Sweet Sister Mary, this is a fucking masterpiece. Right? This song is actually pretty good. And I don't really like Thrash. But if Thrash sounded like this, I think I'd get into it probably. Yeah. First of all, 
you got a song that has a pick slide as you get right into the guitars right there. I'm sold. But I mean, this song is just looking back. I, I'm like, why was this song not released as a single? And I can kind of see why it was 1988. This was not what people wanted to think that Queens right wrote was they wanted to stick with those mid to upper tempo type songs. This right here, this is probably the best song that Iron Maiden never wrote. This is a, the, and then there are portions of this song where the riffs are real chugging with those drums and it's early, it's early thrash Metallica. I mean, th- that's why, again, that's, that's one of the, for me, one of the things that attracts me to this album is this so many different things that you get in it. This to me is the hidden gem of this album. This song is an absolute killer from top to bottom. Jeff Tate again, but what the guitars are doing and what Scott's doing on the drums, absolutely killer track right here. The Needle Lies, written by Jeff Trott and Michael Wilbon. I have the same thing. Tom, I said this music, Iron Maiden. Yep. I, I mean, fast, decent. I like the variety that this band gives me. I don't know what I'm going to get in the next track. This is a decent song. I don't have much of it. And it continues the storyline, obviously. And it begins with the conversation. I've had enough. I want out. You can't walk away now. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't know. Not too bad. So let's go to the next track. Anybody home? Electric Requiem. Just those two words should be enough, shouldn't it? Mm. It's actually a cool name for a Complete band. Complete waste of fucking time. You don't like stories. Do Not you? necessary. I get it. Moody shit. Trying to set up, save it for the fucking movie. This is why I hate concept records. They're taking all these good songs and putting them around this shit to create the story. And it does nothing for me. I'll wait for the movie. Keep it there. I don't don't need a soundtrack in the middle of my album. You don't own any like musical scores from movies. Do you? I don't like any of that shit. I like music soundtracks that have actual like scores. Scores. No, I'm not going to put in star Wars and listen to (laughs) musical scores by whatever fucked up piano players doing it. I've done that. I like scores. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. Hate everything about it. Cause for me, it's all about lyrics melody the feel the groove and this is just a complete waste of time for me it's just 
This is extra. You don't need it here. Well, okay, but it tells the story. Nikki, he and that's fi- why I hate concept records. He <laughs> finds that Mary is now dead. Whatever, and, he, and he's sad. Don't leave me, sister. Don't Mary's leave. dead. Even in death, you still look sad. Come on, poor Jeff Tate. Come on, Mary's dead. But to me, I'm just glad it's not very long. It's just a little bridge to story. That's it. That's all it is. Waste of time. How much time did it take? How much time did it take out of your life? It's a waste of time. How dare you? You don't even (laughs) care about Mary. Uh, 25 bucks a fuck, Sonny, for God's (laughs) sakes. Come on. (laughs) Waste of time. Waste of time. Electric Requiem written by, here's why Sonny doesn't like it, the drummer. Scott Rich Rochenfield wrote this. Rockenfield. Whatever the yes. fuck you call him. And Jeff <laughs> and Jeff Trot wrote it. So what do you expect? I, I just put it's mood music, it's scenery fill out of the story. There you with, go. With drum fills and a guitar. It's all that's it. That's all it is. What do you want me to say? It's not like bad music. It's not like, oh, what the fuck is that? It's just nothing you pay attention to. It's just it, mood it's, music. It's, it's like fanfare from the elder. Yeah, it's scenery, Phil. Like, you know, just this. It's Sonny's face. All right, let's go to the next track. In the silence. All right. So here, Nikki's basically just losing his shit. And the start of this song for Nikki losing his shit almost sounds peppy to me. Like the <laughs> song was actually a little, had a little, I don't know, a little beat to it. I'm glad they went back to the rock because I was done with fucking electric working and all that shit. Um, great chorus, great verses, another great guitar solo. I like the voices at the end. And Jeff, you know, I keep saying Jeff is wailing and the guitar solos are great because Jeff is willing and the guitar solos are great. Again, this is a Queensryche I like. There is parts of Queensryche I absolutely love. And songs like this, dude, I take 12 of these. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. 
right? But it's when they get out there and there are there are Queens Reich fans that say something changed when DeGarmo left. I don't know if the Queens Reich sound changed when DeGarmo left. I think the thought process to what we are going to put out there and what is good and what is bad, the filter left. And that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. But some something happens when DeGarmo leaves this band. And they don't ever really get it back. Now you go see Queensryche live nowadays though, dude, Wilton's a monster. So it doesn't matter. The guitar players are excellent. The band's awesome. It doesn't have the same feeling really, but, uh, they're a little more power metal now, but, mm-hmm. uh, I, I like these type of Queensryche songs. I just do. Yeah. So it's like Sonny hinted at, this is when Nikki kind of loses a shit. So he can't deal with the loss of Mary. Uh, he thinks that he may have done it without even knowing, uh, because of, drugs or whatever but there was a there's a there was a dvd that was released uh and in that it must have had like some short film bullshit in it and it was revealed that mary killed herself uh but nikki wasn't aware of that uh so he becomes to lose his mind he runs through the streets screaming her name uh this song rips again i'm telling you people see operation mind crime 15 tracks this is a 60-second interlude. This is a minute and 40-second interlude. The regular proper songs kill on this album, and this is another one, a driving groove. Again, the chorus is killer. The guitars are shredding. The song, look, I, I've been saying this throughout the entire album. There's a couple more songs left where you're probably going to hear me say it again. When Queensryche is putting songs together, they are killing it on this album. Uh, Breaking the Silence, written by Chris DeGarmo and Jeff Trott. Great chorus, catchy, melodic. Finally, I put melodic. I like this song a lot. The yep. chorus is fan-fucking-tastic. Um, I, I, I like this. Um, the the groove on this, and, and Jeff Trott is hitting it out of the park. Uh, <laughs> guitars are great. Uh, I like this a lot. It really stands out for me. And uh, it it's one of those songs that when you hear an album you've never heard and you play it the first time all the way through, something sometimes sticks out. You hope that it's more than one song, but it doesn't mean you don't like the album, but this song stood out. And every time I played the album, I looked forward to this coming up. So I really like this. Uh, there's a video on this. It's, you know, another performance video, background showing stuff and, Nothing special. Yeah. You got a couple of band members. Now they're wearing white <laughs> and they look like they're having fun, but you got to remember later in history, Jeff spits at his drummer. This is how they broke up <laughs> on Some stage. St- hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Okay. On stage, Zeus. Yikes. Like, come on, dude. Really? Look, well, could be worse. You could do like what Peter Kristen, just destroy your drum set and get yourself <laughs> thrown out of the band. You do that. Who was back there? Fucking Joey Casada. <laughs> We've spit on him a few times. <laughs> so let me get this straight. In the middle of like a song, he just goes back and goes, you suck. <laughs> and, and he straight up spits on him. But, but what, on your drummer. but what led to that? Like, do you know? Uh, there was shit about like they were trying to either 
get rid of the manager who is his wife and they were having all kinds of problems. And it's just, it's a power struggle when it comes down to it, right. You get this and I, you know, I, I don't fault any band from kind of falling into this. You start as a brotherhood and then someday you ask a question or is a music more important or is a vocalist more important? And I guess, depending on the fan you ask, you'll get a different answer. And it's always fascinating. Yeah. That's always fascinating. Right. Yeah. In this band, unless you get a Todd LaTorre type guy, you can't do it without Jeff Tate. Right. This is not warrant. This is not rat. This is not just anybody can step in. And those guys got some great guys stepping in. Don't get me wrong, but there's not very many Jeff Tates. Right. So here, I think his head got better. That's all. Perhaps. And he's too, like, he's too involved with lyrics. So if he's not writing some, if he's like, has no writing, if he's Sebastian Bach, I get it. If he's not really writing any of the lyrics and getting this, but all the songs are done by the, the bassist and the guitar player, this, I mean, he's contributing. The whole band is contributing from what I see from lyrics and stuff. And musically, I'm sure he's not writing the songs musically. Zeus, are you sure that Sebastian Bach, because because the Bach Todds, Mike, and, oh, what are you <laughs> talking about? He wrote three songs on their third album. He got a co-write. You know, you know, I can picture it right now. <laughs> That's Don't right. Worry. Back the, Todds. Yeah. The mind Todds are already going to be upset with me as it is. So it's fine. He had a co-write on big guns <laughs> off the fucking debut album or whatever the fuck that dumb song is. Stupid band. Um, I know that's why he's let's go to the next track. don't believe in love do never go back to the scene of the crime nothing good can happen from that so nikki goes back to the scene of the crime and they catch him and we find out later on in history he didn't even do shit nope <laughs> right so oh well um i have always loved the verses on this song the chorus on this song this song is actually radio friendly they were trying to write something that would land on the radio wonderfully written that whole 
feel at the end of the song with the vocal building, dude, that's just absolute wow. Um, I that whole in the chorus, it happens a couple of times where they'll start stop. So it happens at two twenty five, and it happens again at three forty four, and it's it's just like this little earworm that I yep. wait for like yep. every single time. But dude, some of the best lyrics I have ever seen in print. She said she loved me. I guess I never knew, but do we ever, ever really know? Dude, mm-hmm. that shit is fucking deep, mm-hmm. right? So for all the shit that I'm going to still talk about Jeff later, Jeff with a G, extra drama, Jeff. Dude, this song is awesome. Right? song is written very, very well. Yeah, so after breaking the silence, the police arrive. They attempt to get him. They find a gun on Nikki. They take him into custody. Uh, he's uh, under suspicion of killing Mary and uh, all the murders that he committed for Dr. X. This is the song that a lot of people go to that might not be 100% familiar with Queensryche. There's a reason why this song is the, the, I don't want to say it's the standout track, but it's the song that people know. And you might, you might've seen it on compilations from the eighties and nineties because it's a radio friendly, hard rock song, incredible chorus, incredible melody, solo verses. The song just rips. I mean, we've heard it for 30 years or 35 years now. So we love it. We know it. Um, but you, you can't deny a great song when you hear it. And th- this is this is just a fucking great song all the way around. I don't believe in love written by Chris DeGarmo and Jeff Tate. Uh, it made it to number 41 on the mainstream rock songs. It got nominated, I think, for a Grammy, but it lost to Metallica's one. Which it should have. Sorry. Um, I thought Metallica's one lost to Jethro Tull. No, that was the first that was that was the very first time I think Metallica was nominated. And that's 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 ironic and legendary because Jethro Tull was nominated in the same category as Metallica. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think that was rock or metal performance. Yeah, di- or rock okay, or metal. so it's not for the yeah. al- songs. Then. Different okay. it was yeah, different, it was different category. Yeah, yeah, different category. So this is the song that yeah. I remember from Queensryche. This is yep. the video that I remember. So I, I know this song, okay? Uh it's a good song. Uh I think it's continuing a nice trend following uh breaking the silence. I think the chorus is excellent. Uh Jeff Tate's got a great voice. I can't deny it. And he's mm. just just a goofball. Uh, the video, there's Nikki, this fucking who looks like a dime store fucking Casada with a one earring. And he also looks like the fucking who's that bozo, the Italian guy from InSync. That bozo. I am proud to say I don't know. <laughs> who's the Italian guy? He was in my big fat Greek wedding. He does like a lot of game show stuff. Who, Joey Fatone? Oh, that's my him. God. Fatone. Yes, that's him. See, I used to laugh at that because if you look at the spelling of his last name, his last name is spelled Fat One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you got? I'm like, your name ain't Fatone. Your name's Joey Fat One. <laughs> That you idiot. Can, you can kill me for knowing that. It's okay. I'm more embarrassed <laughs> about that than I am about Adam and the Ants, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> nice hairdo, Jeff Tate. That one is and the wife beater is even better. It's fucking flock of seagulls hairdo. Uh, you know, it's video clips of the story, Sister Mary, the priest, Nikki, words flashing. It's the continuing same kind of theme that we've been seeing with the yeah. band performing a performance video and stuff. So yeah. and, and the funny thing and, is if you if you're watching MTV. 
and you don't know anything about this band or this album, you're like, what the fuck is going? Why are there words? What are you? What are you <laughs> what just what are you doing? What is this? Yeah. DeGarmo's got the Richie Sambora hat on. Oh, yeah. He's got tassels on his fucking boots. That's Don Dawkins look from right, like, My Dreams. Uh, uh, hey, I get it. They don't want to be. He's got leather pants on. Dude, you're hair metal. Stop dressing that way if you don't want to be that. This song is the closest, like, especially 80s. You got to I don't believe in love. That's a that's a that's an MTV. That's a hair nation song. Unfortunately, is that believe in love by the Scorpions? Oh, God. I like that song. Scorpions. <laughs> don't don't do it. <laughs> Jesus I Christ. I can't, do, I can't do it. I know what? a little German. He's right <laughs> over there. Hello, Klaus. <laughs> you guys haven't heard Klaus live. He'll get in the mic. I will never see the Scorpions live ever. All I know is Klaus. There's no need for you to be in your fucking tidy whities at the end of no one like you video. What the fuck was that? God, forgot about that visual. Dude, we could definitely do a Scorpions albums. Oh, I'm not picking one. Fuck that. If that that, one of you people, one one of you guys have to do it. Now you want to talk about a guitar duo. Fucking unbelievable. I've said that all along. Musically, that band rips. If all their albums were instrumental, I would love them. (laughs) Close is terrible. That's okay. Go ahead. Come on, rock me like a hurricane. (laughs) No. No. All right. Next track. Sonny's favorite. Waiting for 22. So I read two things. One, supposedly it's called waiting for 22 because Nikki is 21 years old and he's waiting to be 22. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fucking stupid. That's dumb. Second, I read somewhere. This is very Pink Floyd. I hate fucking Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Right? That's 66 seconds of my life that I want. But you know what I could do in 66? I could do Mary in 66. You seconds. Could jerk off like twice. I could do a lot. 25 bucks a fuck, right? (laughs) This is completely unnecessary. 100% waste of my time. Okay, fine. Uh, You know, this this is the part of the thing where Nikki's kind of suffering from almost a complete loss of his memory. Now he's now put into a mental hospital. Look, it's, it's a minute long. I like the music. I think the music sounds cool. I like how it goes 
right from I don't believe in love. There's no break. If you so, if you're listening to this, it, you know, in its entirety, it just seamlessly comes from I don't believe in love. The music's cool. It's just a little interlude. It, it's you guys get yourself. I mean, I get bunged up about dumb shit. You guys really get upset over these little musical interlude things. You guys. <laughs> All right, Sonny. Because it's dumb shit. It's but it's just a nice it's little a waste of my time. Oh, what do you mean, you people? It's a waste of your time. We know how much time you have, so stop it. Like I said, <laughs> he can jerk off twice in that minute. And a half. Oh, God almighty. Can you, can you delete that? Yuck. <laughs> He's doing it now. Wipes the filth away like Sister Mary. <laughs> All right. Written uh Waiting for 22, written by Chris DeGarmo, another instrumental scene creator moody <laughs> i'm like this isn't bad though the music isn't that bad it's kind of you know ooh, like mystical cool actually it's not bad it's an instrumental fucking yeah. gets to the next scene which is the next song which i can't wait to hear what he's gonna say now My empty room. Is there seriously two intros <laughs> to Eyes of a Stranger? Seriously, the last 66 seconds was enough of a waste of my time. This is why I hate concept records. This is what happens. They force you into stupid shit because you got to keep the story going and you can't just do 10 simple songs in 50 simple seconds, 50 simple minutes. Period. Waste of time you don't care about mary do you you don't I you do don't not. care you don't care about nikki i don't care you God, i don't care just not gina not tito i don't care about anybody now i will say this <laughs> i will say this if you're going to have a little interlude thing with lyrics just shit get off the pot make it a fucking full length song because at least at least waiting for 22 is just a 60 second little instrumental it's kind of cool this is like 
well, I wanted it to be a song, so I'm going to write lyrics, but I don't care enough to make it a full-fledged song. So this is kind of more annoying to me than than, than, than anything. Add it on to something or, or just keep the lyrics out. But you're right. We don't need two things leading us up to Eyes of a Stranger. My Empty Room, written by Jeff Tate and Michael Wilton. So the clock ticking. He's back to the silence of the lamb. Chuck <laughs> outline. And why is there be my friend? Godfather. Godfather? <laughs> why is there a chalk outline? Is he stare? Is he in the room where Mary was found dead? Was did he see the chalk outline? I didn't know. I didn't know when Mary died. I didn't know that she didn't kill her. Like somebody didn't kill her, but he apparently she killed herself. I didn't know he got arrested. I can't tell from these layers. Uncle Freddie died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sister Mary died. I don't know. I'm just believing what you're telling us. Okay. So, all right. Let's get to the final track. 18 hours later. of a stranger so now we are back where we started nikki doesn't even recognize himself in the mirror anymore oh my god who have i become basically and we're still looking for dr david dr blair and dr hamilton for some reason (laughs) i get it the needle lies and the mirror doesn't thank you 
this song until it gets two minutes in is completely mad to me. Like I, that first two minutes, I absolutely don't need. Then the song gets pretty good. Cause I, I, I like the chorus and I like the guitar solo, like that whole start stop thing. They're doing like at four fifteen in, but then the last minute and a half, it's a complete waste of time. Why? Because we must have a concept record. That's why, because we must have a skull in our hand when we're singing, because that's how you get <laughs> musical theater. God damn. They ruined the edit cut of this is a great song because it takes out the first shit and the last shit. And it's just the middle meaty part. The half the song is good. You are a simple man, Sonny. You, you know, you that's know, right. You know, Sonny probably looked at the Godfather of the movie. What do you need to all this scenery in Sicily? Just fucking go to the backyard and just put up some fake shit. What do you need all this like extra? Like, what do you need good actors for? I actually just, just put this in. Zeus, I think you bring up a great point. I think we're peeling back the layer about why Sonny doesn't like the Godfather. Waste of time. Why are they <laughs> show this? Of time. Why are they showing yeah. us this wedding? <laughs> waste of time. A why, do you have, waste. why do you have him playing Marlon Brando playing the Godfather? Just waste of time. De- just get Danny DeVito. <laughs> no, Danny DeVito's better. He was busy. All right. Okay, let's get back to Eyes of a Stranger before I lose my mind right now. Danny DeVito in The Godfather. Oh, you see him in Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Freaking great movie. Uh, great movie. That of is course, a great movie. No. It is a great hey, movie. Dickhead. <laughs> Anyways, Eyes of a Stranger, like Sonny said, I love how the whole thing wraps around. You're back where we started. He's wondering what the hell happened to his life. You know, the the mirror never lies. He can't look at himself. Uh, Popular song. You know, it's not I Don't Believe in Love, but this is a go-to track off this album for a lot of people. Um, Love the chorus. Love the solo. Jeff Tate killing it again. I think it's a great. I love the fact that they close the album on an actual song and not on my empty room or one of these little fucking waste of time. I like that. It, they, they ended up like on a high note with an actual like kick-ass song. But why did they steal the guitar melody from an Iron Maiden song? Then? I don't know. It's okay. So for all know. you super duper operation mind crime fans might want to <laughs> go listen to caught somewhere in time and then no. listen to this because the no. same guitar melody. Yes, it no. is. See, the reason, no, I, I believe you. The reason I don't know that is because Iron Maiden and that album is not good. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's right, people. I have shit on Skid Row, Scorpions, and Iron Maiden in this episode. Write it down. And also, now that I'm thinking about it, Paulie Shore could have played Sonny Corleone, couldn't he? Have? A lot cheaper, right? He'd be better. Encino Man. Jury duty. <laughs> Jury foreman. Sonny, Sonny likes in the army now. <laughs> awesome. <movie. laughs> Son-in-law. The Godfather starring awesome. Danny DeVito and Pauly Shore. <laughs> Eyes of a Stranger written by Chris DeGarmo and Jeff Trott comes back again for this one. Number It made it to number 35 on U.S. Mainstream Rock. Another song that I remembered in the 80s, uh, the video. And I remember the song. The chorus is awesome. Uh, it's not deniable, but it's almost like the sister song of I Don't Believe in Love. I think they're very similar, and they remind I, me I, of the I, same song. I so agree. I, so there are times I'm, like, mixing them up. I don't remember, you know, but they're both pretty good songs. There's a video, of course. 
black and white, all sorts of shit, and the guitarist with his Don Dawkins hat. It just, you know, none of these videos are really stood out. But um, that's the last song. Overall thoughts, I'll give you mine. I didn't know what I was going to come into this. I was not a fan of Queensryche. There's nothing on this I hate. There was nothing I listened to. I'm like, I just, I can't do this. I've only had a few songs like this since we've started ARC. Thankfully, this wasn't it. But this did have a few songs I liked. And what I, I, I like to think when I'm hearing something new, like, is there something that really moves me or gets like that I can latch on to? So you brought Sunny Winery Dogs to us last time, something new. I can latch on to the vocalist's Richie Kotzen's vocals because it sounds like really passionate and soulful. And I like that. That's that's different. On this, I can latch on to the lyrics of a good story. I, I'm going to give them credit. I think this is a good story. I think they did a very good job of making a concept album. The problem is with it, nothing blew me away. And because you have to put everything in a concept, maybe some of these songs would be way better if they just had different titles, different lyrics, and they could just do it on their own. But to squeeze it into this, they maybe they gave up some of the melody. I don't know because uh, I don't know any of their other albums. But for me, there's some good songs here. I think they did an excellent job as far as a concept album goes. They're obviously talented. And again, I, I think I'm distracted with the story and the vocals to really pay attention to the guitars. They sounded good. The bass sounded good. The, the drums sounded good. Just, you know, talented band that put out a decent album. Uh, that's all I can say about it. So my final thoughts, I went into the past month telling myself, I'm going to listen to the album a couple of times and figure out what my problem with Queensryche is. And I figured it out. Fair or unfair, when this album came out, I wanted 12 Walk in the Shadow type songs. Okay, that's what I wanted. Then I'm watching the videos and I realize, I'm like, I don't like Jeff's theatrical sell. That's what it is. It's just too extra and it's just never done it for me. And that's why I love Todd Latore so much because you get all the pipes without all the drama. Right. And then you'll hear people, but Sonny, this concept record is just as great as Rush 2112 and The Wall and Quadrophenia and T- fuck you. I hate all those records. I don't like any of those records either. I'm a dumb rocker. I don't want rock operas. So Queensryche will always be love hate for me because I think it's when Jeff Tate's control of things. I don't quite like it all. And when the guitarists are more in control, I think I maybe more like it more to me. Empire wipes the floor with this record. Like I love empire, but it is more rock. And I get it. I'm going to get Queens Reich hate mail because mind crimes 2000% better than Empire. I don't care. I don't like concept. Records. And I'm with Zeus. It forces you to go to a place that you're not forced into. If you're just writing a rock record. 
So Queens will always be love. Queens Reich will always be love hate for me. I think you guys are getting way too bogged down in the concept record of this. Sh- the, 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 this album doesn't force anybody to do anything. You can listen to these songs on their own. You can make your own play. You can shuffle them. You can skip waiting for 22 and Anarchy X. The rock songs on this album, head to head. If you take if you take out Sweet Sister Mary because it's 10 minutes long, you got nine legitimate rock songs. Wipe the fucking floor and the ass of Empire, which is a great album. Empire is awesome. I don't when, I, when I'm listening to Eyes of a Stranger, I'm not like, oh, wait, so Nikki did what? I'm just like, this fucking song rips. Jeff sounds great. The guitars are amazing. The solo kicks ass. The uh, now to me, it for me, it adds that it's a concept album, not because I like concept albums. I think most of them are a bore and they're pretentious and they're tedious and they suck. This story is unique and interesting. It's not fantasy. It's not, you know, somebody living in the mountains or it's not 2112. It's not a futuristic society. It's it's a story that you're like. I can't believe Netflix hasn't made a 10 part series based on this. Cause this would be a fucking incredible story to follow. Like Nikki and Dr. X and Mary would be awesome characters. Um, I, I just think it's, it's extremely well done. You, the, the, the concept stuff, I, I get why people don't like it, but Sonny, those albums that you referenced, those are very hard to listen to because there's a lot of instrumental. There's a lot of long form songs for a concept album. The majority of these songs are rock songs, verse, chorus, verse, guitar, solo, outro. That's that's unique for concept albums or rock operas. A lot of them don't have that. Um, but that being said, I applaud Patreon for picking this because now I don't have to. This has been on my list for a long time. I think this fucking album is absolutely amazing. I love it. Yeah, uh, Tom, I just want to add, like, yeah. I'm not saying I the, you know, sticking songs and happen because it's a concept. I'm not, my comment isn't about the interludes. I don't have a problem. You know, I'm not doing what Sonny's saying, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. he hates the interlude. I'm just saying maybe some of those other songs that I'm like, eh, maybe they would have been better if they were just on an album. Like uh, Maybe they were drawn out better. Maybe they would have been more melodic. I don't know. I don't know any of their other material other than when he does the theater, uh, music, a theater, when he does silent, lucid, silent, you know, you know, dude, you know, you know, most of empire. No, I don't. I know silent, lucid, what other songs is they hit by them? Jet city woman. There's like seven hits. Jet city woman. Anybody, anybody rainy night. Another no, rainy night. That. Anybody listening? Best oh, I can. Yeah, do. I don't know those songs. Really? Yeah, no, they were I, all videos. Jet City Woman. I know. Sound Lucidity. And all those songs that we just—those are all more popular than anything on this album. Yep. But the yeah, problem I mean, is, I know out, those came out, songs came out in the came out in the nineties when we we weren't listening to Queens Rake. Now, mind you, I, I would. That's MTV stuff. That's the only reason I knew. Right. These right. Things. No. No. But yeah. Regardless. I gotcha. Uh, no, I got gotcha. you. You know, the mind tards going to have their own fucking way of looking at it, whether they agree with us or they don't. Mine tired right here. Okay. Yep. Perfect. So who wants to go first? Song rankings. Sonny? Sure. Number 15 is 15 minutes long. Sweet Sister Mary. Oh, boy. All right, I'll go next. Anarchy X, number 15. I'm going with my empty room because the music isn't there and the talking is fucking boring. My number 14, Electric Requiem. Need I say more? That is also my number 14. I'll go with that. Yeah. Same thing. Okay. 
My number 13 is Anarchy X. Uh, my number 13 is My Empty Room. My number 13 is Anarchy X. My number 12 is My Empty Room. 12 for me is Waiting for 22. Uh, 12 for me, I'll go with Sweet Sister Mary. 11 for me is Waiting for 22. 11 for me is I Remember Now. 11, Waiting for 22. All right. My number 10, The Mission. Number 10 for me is Sweet Sister Mary. Number 10 for me, I Remember Now. I Remember Now. Number nine for me is I Remember Now. I cannot believe you have I Remember Now above The Mission, but that's okay. Yep. Uh, Number nine for me is The Mission. Number nine for me is Speak. Number eight for me, Eyes of a Stranger. Oh. Number eight for me is Speak. Number eight for me, The Needle Lies. Ooh. Number seven for me is The Needle Lies. Number seven for me is Operation Mindcrime. Seven for me is Operation Mindcrime. Six for me is Speak the Word. Six for word is all of God. (laughs) Six for me is spreading the disease. Number six for me is the mission. Five for me is spreading the disease. Five for me is eyes of a stranger. Five for me. I'm going to go with revolution calling. Four for me is breaking the silence. Four for me is revolution calling. Four for me is spreading the disease. Three for me is revolution calling. Three for me is breaking the silence. I mean, this is a a, a coin toss for me. The next three, honestly. Yep. I don't know what song's better. Eyes of a stranger. or I don't believe in love. I'll go with. I don't believe in love. There's number three. Two for me is operation mind crime. Two for me is the needle lies. Two for me is eyes of a stranger. That makes my number one. I don't believe in love. That is also my number one. I I put uh, breaking the silence is number one. I wanted to put something different. Honestly, between my top three, I I could flip Uh, a coin. I agree. Yeah. Almost the top eight for me is a coin flip. Yeah. Some of those songs are very similar in the chorus and stuff. And they're good. Yep. All right, Sonny, what do we got? All right. So we got a tie for fourth. The tie for fourth was Eyes of a Stranger and Spreading the Disease. Number three, we had Revolution Calling. Two was Breaking the Silence. One was I Don't Believe in Love. Cool. Wow. All right. Nice. Now we're going to rate the album cover. Okay, so we're going to do album covers. Tom, you want to read your top five? Yeah, so if you're interested in all the albums that we've done, you can visit our website, shoutoutloudcast.com, and go to the album review crew link uh, to see everything we've done. My top five album covers, number five, Highway to Hell, number four, Moving Pictures, number three, Rage Against the Machine, number two, Blizzard of Oz, number one, Purple Rain. Operation Mindcrime. There's a lot going on here. It's not that it's not cool. It's okay. I'm going to put this at number 15 
right above the winery dogs and right below Pearl Jam 10. Sonny. All right. My top five album covers, five moving pictures, four raging as a machine, three come and get it Two slide it in one piece of mind. I am putting this at number 25 below the bat and on top of the winery dogs. Mm, there you go. All right. Uh, number five for me is slide it in four piece of mind, three appetite, two blizzard of Oz, one hotel, California, I am putting this at 22 below shout at the devil and above uh, restrained two. Cool. All right. Let's go to album rankings. All right. Uh, my top five, number five, Pearl Jam 10, number four, Rage Against the Machine, number three, Shout at the Devil, number two, Purple Rain, number one, Moving Pictures. I think Operation Mindcrime is a fucking masterpiece. I love the album. I'll tell you right now, it has been a long time since I listened to this start to finish in its entirety, getting the feel of the story. Most of the time, stuff pops up on shuffle or playlist and you hear the songs here and there. This song, this album is, this is the thing I love about ARC is it kind of, you spend so much time with an album that you think, you know, and you're like, fuck man, this album is this much better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and for that, it's going at number seven for me. It's going, oh. it's going right below Tesla and right above. It's going right below Tesla mechanical resonance and right above REM automatic for the people. Wow. Yep. All right, Sonny. All right, my top five albums right now, five Appetite for Destruction, four Slided In, three Hailstorm, two Purple Rain, one Black Tiger. So I think everybody's at the computer right now. You can start sending your emails because I am ranking this thing at number 32. It is below (laughs) Detonator. It is below Detonator. So what does that mean? You don't even got to look it up. I'm going to tell you. That means look what the cat dragged in. Bad English, Heat 2, Winger are all better than this fucking album. There is no time in my life where I would put drop the needle on this album and just leave it. Couldn't do it because I'd have to get up eight times to change the fucking song that's playing. Number 32, that's what it deserves. This is why I love this show because it gives us a vehicle to let everybody out there know how horrendous Sonny's musical <laughs> takes are. Without, without Bring it. it is a public service that we are providing for you that without ARC, none of you would know how terrible his yeah. music opinions are. So you can thank us. And that's why every we love Sonny. Backstreet Boys album. Every NSYNC <laughs> album is better than this. This is the same guy who hates The Godfather. That's right. All of them. Starring Pauly Shore and Danny. That would be a better movie. Yeah. All right. Uh, top five for me, Appetite, four is Pyromania, three, Blizzard of Oz, Hotel California, number one, Automatic for the People. Uh, Tom, you don't like me anymore. <laughs> You don't oh, okay. like no, me anymore. No, I, I know you dummies aren't smart enough to like a Queensryche album or a Rush album, so that's okay. 
Every time I see Hailstorm at 31, I want to punch myself. Oh, uh, we're gonna do it. We're gonna have an we're gonna have an episode where we where we get a free a couple a couple mulligans and read yeah. the rankings. I I like this album. It's not bad. Um, but I you know, maybe through repetition and the ARC shuffle list, when I listen to stuff, stuff grows on me. And maybe because it's new, this album will grow on me. Simple as that. But for now, I'm with Sonny. I'm at 32. I love it. This is why I love ARC. It's amazing. I love this. This is my fa- I wish we could do this every week instead of once a month. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I just look for me. I, I Hailstorm is a better album. I still can't believe bad English is there, but it, it, it's better than he and Odyssey and OU812. And look what the cat dragged in and winger. The two, of, the, 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 the two of you need to wipe the filth away after this one. <laughs> God almighty. With that being said, next time is Tom's pick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what that brings. This is my favorite part of the show when it ends and Tom tells us what he's picking. It's not over yet. We got to do rock hard. It's coming up on my favorite part of the show where Tom will tell us what his album will be. But before we do that, we got to do this. All right, I'll tell you what makes me rock hard sister mary (laughs) viagra um i have a bunch of stuff i want to talk about but i saw a documentary last night because i was caught up with all my shit on my tv dvr so i went to netflix and i caught this documentary and it's called traveling band credence clearwater revival Oh, nice. And it's all about their performance at the Royal Albert Hall show, which is famous for any band playing there anytime they do it. So they had this album out years ago, Credence, and they just now did a documentary about it. Obviously, everybody's heard in the news that John Fogarty's got his music back. So it's getting a lot of press about the old CCR stuff. So the documentary is narrated by Jeff Bridges. It gives a little historical, like, you know, VH1 behind the music, showing you how the band got started, getting them to 1970 to play at Albert Hall, which they have some behind the scene footage, them touring Europe, uh, interviews with the band from the 70, 1970 Europe tour that they were doing. And in addition to that, they then plop in the fucking actual concert. Now I have always loved CCR. There are like watching him live perform. I can't tell you how even more impressed I am with John Fogarty's guitar playing, Mm. which is in fucking sane. First of all, if you, if you ever want to see things about musicians or documentaries, anything done on CCR is incredible because John Fogarty is like Gene Simmons, fucking Don Henley, Glenn Fry, every fucking like alpha male musician all put in one. 
And it's fascinating. And then afterwards, I stayed up and started watching CCR's Legends and other stuff where he's just like, you know, I mean, maybe it's just me, but uh, I don't know who else is going to write the songs, do the guitar, play all the instruments, write the lyrics, produce the album, mix the album and make it a hit. Like, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I don't know who else is talented enough. And like the other band members must be like, dude, what the fuck? But I will <laughs> tell you, the band in that concert rock. They were solid as hell. He used to make them like a Nazi fucking constantly practice. They were great musicians. The music is so like CCR's music it, to me is so incredible. The fact that he's from San, uh, San Francisco and he never grew up in the bayou. He didn't grow up in New Orleans. He didn't grow up in the swamplands. And that's all you associate him with is insane. He's just a great storyteller. And his music has got every bit of soul, blues, R&B, old school rock and roll, country. It's got everything. And he's always been one of my favorite peoples. He's fascinating in music. I think John Fogarty is one of the musical geniuses of the 20th century. Listen to Tombstone Shadow, that song. If anything, from that concert video. And he's singing it with his heart out. It's a huge blues song. But the fucking slide guitar is something that I'm like, holy shit. Incredible. Tombstone Shadow sticks out, but the rest of the songs are on there. Fortunate Son, Traveling Band, Bad Moon Rising, Born on the Bayou. John Fogarty is a musical genius, and we will probably do a CCR album at some point, much to the chagrin of most of our listeners, but fuck them. So uh, I watched Traveling Band, Clear, uh, Cadence, Clearwater Revivals, new documentary. It's on Netflix, narrated by Jeff Bridges, and the build-up to their concert to the Royal uh, Albert Hall thing. And what they do also, too, is talk about how for like, I mean, mind you, they were only big for four years and they broke up, but it was right when they went to Royal Albert is right when the Beatles broke up and they were considered the greatest American band at that point because he just fucking released like three albums in a year and three of them went to number one and he's just incredible. So anyways, as you can tell from my voice, how excited I am because it was just uh, incredible and now i'm down a credence john fogarty rabbit hole and listen to him the last few days awesome cool sunny all right so <clears throat> my rock card is going to sound more like a commercial but i'm going to go with it guys if you have not done this online sportsbook casino thing i use the app DraftKings sportsbook and casino not, le- yeah. not legal oh. in massachusetts Ohio just uh, yeah, legalized it will be, gambling. Yeah. It will be. Yeah. It's legal for Ohio me. Ohio just no. uh, legalized gambling in January. The app is awesome. They give you all kinds of promos to get started. So you can safely use the app with, you know, without like uh, using a bunch of your own money. Um, if you've ever bet money at a sports book, at a real sports book, the app is super easy to use. I've had a bunch of money on the Super Bowl. Some did well. I will tell you the it's too almost too easy to bet. So you gotta kind of know your limits because these apps, man, they make it really fast for you know oh, yeah. a lot of money, yep. a lot of money down, and they don't ask you if you're sure or not. Just like at the sports book, they don't ask you if you're sure or not. Oh no. And I get it, not all states have legalized it yet, but 
but there's too many tax dollars going to states in the neighboring area that sooner or later, every state will be forced into legalized gambling. Because right now, California is still hanging on and they're losing a bunch of money to Nevada because of it. Ohio was hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. Indiana and Kentucky had already legalized it. So everybody was just going to those two states to make all the bets. And it's just dumb to give up the tax dollar. So there's a bunch of uh, gambling, uh, casino, sportsbook type things that uh, you can do. But if if you're stuck in, oh, all that stuff's offshore, it's done in the Bahamas, those days are over. That, that's 20 years ago. Now it's all legalized in the states. Um, so when your state legalizes it and you use one of these um, apps, it's actually safe versus yep. you're sending your money offshore and doing something that's a little gray. Mm-hmm. Dude, I had a, there's, you make a bet on how many sacks or how many passing yards or like you're in the whole game at that point. You're praying to God a pass gets thrown. And, and you can bet in the middle of active games while a that's game right. is going on. You can bet. Sonny, I downloaded it yesterday without having you say anything. I downloaded yeah. it yesterday because they keep telling you like yeah. that it's coming in Massachusetts. It will be legal. And the yeah. hockey bets that I saw are the most like, it's dude, insane. I'm, I, I'm so nervous for myself. This guy will have one hit in this period. This guy will have two and a half shots. You That's know, right. You're like, dude, yep. these are fucking layups. I can do this. I can do this. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, this is why I don't want to gamble. And I'm, I'm nervous about putting it on my phone. Uh, the first bet I made on it was a promo bet that Joe Burrow will throw for one yard. Yeah, they I remember allowed that. that you was... to bet fifty bucks on that, and that's how they suck you in. Yep. <laughs> how the fuck do you what? Yep. Yeah. Because they know that's you're not going to stop. Because they know you're not going to stop. They want you to try the app. Yep. So why don't you just put a thousand dollars on that? Ten thousand. They max. It, they max it out at fifty bucks. Oh. So it's basically like giving you a hundred bucks. Yeah. Right. Basically, <laughs> oh, but they're doing it a trickier way, right? But so it's it's still gambling. There's no doubt about that, but man, when, uh, <clears throat> when the Eagles were trying to come back, if Mahomes would have threw a pick six, no. dude, I would have flew to Massachusetts <laughs> and we would have partied like there was no tomorrow. Cause I had a bet on that pick six, baby. If that would have happened. Oh my God. I would have made so much money. Yep. Dude. They had something yesterday at the Bruins game. The guy uh, hockey. I know you, a lot of you guys may not know, but Jake, the just cut back. There was a thing they talked about it on Ness and Tom, and they were like, "Oh, there's a, a parting bet. If Jake DeBrusque will be the first one to score a goal, you know, picking the first goal scorer is always hard. And since it's his yeah. first game, if you put like this, you'd win like a thousand. Boom! Oh, five yeah. minutes into the game, he scored the first goal. I'm like, yeah. how Imagine. many people fucking just bet that? Yep. And Holy some of those shit. bets pay 190 to one. Yeah, that's like, why I'm like, holy bet. fuck! Yeah, they yeah. just said that. That I'm, could have been I'm, you. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm nervous. But that's awesome, Sonny. Yeah, yeah. All right. So for me, so I'm a little late to the party here. So I caught up, and since the last ARC episode, I had never seen, and I don't know how this ever happened to me because the first one came out in 1996. I had never seen a Mission Impossible movie. I don't oh, know how. God. I don't know how. I've seen one. I have watched all of them. I have watched. I'm all caught up. I'm ready for Dead Reckoning Part 1 that comes out a week before my birthday this July. I'm telling you right now, hands down, bar none, 
the greatest action franchise. It's not even close. Every movie is better than the next one. Tom Tom Cruise is incredible. There is literally not even five minutes of boring time. Like, like, like you, you, most movies for me, I have such a short attention spans. I'll pick up my phone. I'll check Twitter and not, I, I just watched, um, fallout the, the, the most, the most recent one, the most two and a half hours. I never put, I never picked up my phone once the entire thing. I I couldn't get enough of it. So the franchise, the, the whole franchise is incredible. Fucking incredible, and I'm fired up for Dead Reckoning to come out this summer. Mission Impossible franchise, all the movies, they're all on the Paramount Plus streaming service. So I'm sure you've checked them out, but if you haven't, and you're an action geek like me, and I love Tom Cruise, incredible. Ice. Yes. Sonny, where can we find you, brother? Uh, I'm easy. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, growinguprock.com. I'm out there. Come check me out. (laughs) Yo, check us out. Go check us out. Yeah. So for us, if this is your first time hearing us, we are a all kiss podcast that drops kiss related episodes every Saturday. Then once a month, we do these album review crew episodes with Sonny. We also have another little side cast called dome damage. Those episodes drop uh, sometimes on Wednesdays, depends on what we're doing. Those are just little fun side episodes, but you can check us out at our website. Shout it out loudcast.com. Everything's there. All the information and in, in, uh, our email Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com and all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all very active on there. So you, we're easy to find. Yeah. So what we like to do is end on famous last words. You got any? Mary, Mary. Just a whore for the underground. They made you pay in guilt for your salvation. Thought you had them fooled. Now they've sent me for you you whore <laughs> you're gonna do a dice movie man yeah. you whore. Mary, mary mary <laughs> what's he say sonny i know you know this oh i know that but this is a family show is it she made a difference i guess she had a way of making every night seem bright as day Oh, now I walk in shadows, never see the light. She must have lied. She never said goodbye. Oh, <laughs> a sentimental person. Sonny. <laughs> Every right. time we've been saying Mary, all I think about is Mary, Mary, <laughs> oh, George oh, Bailey, <laughs> Mary. Don't you recognize me? Don't you know? Don't you know? Wipe the filth off your chin, Mary. A little go a little down, Mary. Let me guess. Sonny probably hates that masterpiece of a movie, too. What movie is that? It's It's a a wonderful wonderful life. life. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like that movie. (laughs) He doesn't like 1946, right? Uh, I believe so. You can't like it. I hate this movie, but I know the year it was released. Yeah, it was a trivia question I did one time. Oh, okay. There you go. Go ahead. Gotcha. I remember now. I remember how it started. I can't remember yesterday. I just remember doing what they told me. Told me. Told me. Very good. Very good. What a way to end. Stunny. You can't remember because that shit's not over yet. Sweet Sister <laughs> Mary's still fucking playing. <laughs> All right. Look. That's why you can't go, remember go, shit. 
go put on fucking bad English live in Guadalajara or whatever the fuck that album is. <laughs> that, was, that was that was number one in Guadalajara. We that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sunny, fucking Tom. bad, bad English box set. <laughs> Mind tarts, kiss army, loud tarts. I don't know. Everybody, thank Jeff you. Trot, Jeff Trot tarts. <laughs> Jeff Trot. <laughs> Sunny, love you, buddy. Always a good time. Uh, these episodes are always a blast, especially when somebody hates the album. <laughs> always a great time, Jeff. I want you to rewind this, Trot. I didn't say none bad about you, <laughs> but if you need to sell anything, I'm available. I can sell all your shit for 30 bucks piece. Easy. 25 bucks a fuck, Jeff. That's all it takes. 25 bucks a fuck. <laughs> That's all it takes. Jeff Trotsky, we'll see you, brother. Peace out, Girl Scout. He said Uncle Freddy died. Uncle Freddy died? Oh, my goodness. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.